Hello, hello, hello. It is time for Beauty and the Brain with my other half, neuroscientist to the stars, David Haggerty. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> How are we doing? And David, we have a special surprise guest. We have the CEO, founder, brains behind the operation of the awesome AI app, Maslow. Hi, Ross Ingram. Hello. Welcome. You haven't done this show yet. This I, is so exciting. I'm so excited. So uh, you, you can... You can see it. I can see it. We can't hear it, but we can see it. <laughs> but this is really exciting because David and I do our little show, our little mini episodes, and we ask the fans and people, the listeners, whoever wants to write in questions regarding mental health and relating to this. Yes. So David obviously is the brains. So Mr. Brains does it. And then he's also the beauty, but I like to tank that for myself <laughs> right now. And I answer what I would do. Um, he's qualified. I'm unqualified, but at the same time, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. We perfect don't want match. to be a perfect match. We don't want to be, you know, um, in trouble with anyone. Like, we're just trying to give our two cents. Um, so today's question, um, it was in regards to panic attacks. Um, this is something that I recently suffered from a couple of years ago. I didn't know what a panic attack was. It came over me. I was rushed to the hospital because I was feeling like I was having a stroke. My grandmother had a stroke and then passed away eventually from that. So that fear is always inside me. And so um, we were talking about one of the listeners wrote in saying, what do I do in regards to having panic attacks? And I've been taking medicines such as Klonopin to kind of numb the pain. But I want to be able to stop that, stop that kind of medication to numb it and actually feel more in your life. Now, Dr. David Haggerty, you're the one that knows the um, intense of side effects of these kinds of um, medications. And while we like to say medications are important, I'm on Lamictal. I, I swear by it. I'm not ready to get off anytime soon, but there are medications that doctors just throw on you to put a Band-Aid over the situation. How, how do you think we can answer this one? Okay, so let's do the science part because that's my job. Um, <laughs> so drugs like clonopin um xanax like this realm of medications um for things like panic attacks anxiety attacks um episodes where people feel really out of control um and i like to talk about this as like a big physical manifestation as well because like you having anxiety like we all deal with sorts of emotions but like i think the really interesting thing about panic attacks is the way that they present themselves in this like very physical visceral reaction mm. um if you have ever truly had a panic attack or have seen someone have a panic attack it isn't a like oh i think that i feel uncomfortable like you are actively thinking that you are going to die yeah. like yeah. this is like a very like unleashing of like inner emotions and feelings and i think for that those drugs um, that help calm you down are a really key component of learning how to treat panic attacks um i think it's really interesting that a lot of people that can prescribe these drugs like xanax and clonopix to deal with things like panic and anxiety attacks 
have a very quick gut feeling that they shouldn't be taking them or they want to get off them or they're a crutch. Um, but the data as well as like my own personal experience suggests that if you take these drugs in combination with going to therapy and finding the things that are triggers for your very physical panic and anxiety attacks, that these are some of the most treatable symptoms that we can currently deal with. So like in this umbrella of my like long-winded explanation of this, my sort of viewpoint on this is that medication plus therapy is the gold standard of how you should be looking at treating panic and anxiety attacks. And as you go through therapy and as you start to become more comfortable with yourself and learn where those triggers are for panic attacks, you should start to feel better and being able to manage that anxiety better to the point where you can think about, especially obviously never do this alone, but in concert with your doctor and therapist, um, think about pulling those drugs off and using them more as like an emergency only situation. Mm -hmm. So like I had crippling panic attacks when my like bipolar disorder really started to present itself. And it was something where it was like, anytime I felt like my heart flutter, like I couldn't work out for a while. I was like an athlete at the time. So this was like really not going to jive well. Uh, But like if my heart rate got up, like I started to feel really panicky and I would have to like calm down and relax. And I was like, really depending on these drugs Uh, but like i would say one of the biggest progresses that i've made in therapy over the last couple years is finding where those triggers come from that like cause me to panic and like enter these states Um, and those are some of the things that i've been able to work on the most so so it's not like a one-size-fits-all yeah it's not a one-size-fits-all yeah yeah but it really is this like you know in the realm of mental health there's there's a lot that is going to be like, like you said, like you're not ready to come off of until anytime soon. Like there's a lot that we deal with that we will always deal with on a day-to-day basis, but there is a lot of progress to be made with like dealing with panic attacks and like very physical manifestations of anxiety. Um, so people, so like to people that are interesting in coming off medication, um, I think it's a really good idea to make a point of going to therapy and making it like part of your main focus of your practice in therapy mm-hmm. to find where those triggers are because if you do work on them and like put the work in uh, you should find yourself in a position where you can come off of those medicines and start to like uh, like avoid the adverse side effects associated with taking them i think that's fantastic ross have you ever had a panic attack before yes um i had one it, it, it's been several months since i had one i had a really bad one on an airplane um <gasps> Oh my god! My biggest fear is flying too. It was I oh like god, twins. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I fly all the time for work, but it, it was something about sort of I think that day, and I, was, I remember getting on. We were boarding. I was sitting in the window seat, and I just felt super claustrophobic. <gasps> and it's it's all consuming, right? Yeah, you like yeah. it takes you freeze up. And I immediately was like, I need to get out of here. <gasps> and so I, I stood up, and then I was like, No. I just closed my eyes and started breathing. That helped. But I, I talked to my doctor um, about it, and he prescribed me um, Xanax. Okay. Oh, Xanax, yeah. Yeah. And so I use it. Um, I'll use take like half of a pill when I'll fly sometimes, and I'm overwhelmed from other things going on in my life. But did, you, did the people on the plane look at you like, oh, my God? I don't think so. Like, it was, it was so – and I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was so all-consumed with, like – 
my own your mind survival was not even, right like, it wasn't even paying attention david when was the last time that you can remember like such a significant panic attack i mean i like obviously hate flying too so like the last time i flew to san francisco i remember i just had like this miserable flight like throughout the entire like midwest basically oh. to the rockies where the plane just like shook violently oh, the worst so that was not fun after like a stressful week but um that's sort of like to me i wouldn't call that like really a panic attack for me because it's like i was already stressed out i was super anxious that was sort of just like the needle that broke the haystack right um but i remember i want to say like a year and a half ago like i had just got done with a really big project at school we published this paper and it was like supposed to be like this point where I had like gone through a bunch of stuff and I had like a time to breathe and relax finally. And like, I had nothing on my calendar. And I remember I was just like driving on a Tuesday afternoon or something like what to me was like completely stress free. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was just like, I need to stop the car and get out of the car and lay on the side of the road and start breathing. It just like broke out in tears, just like out of nowhere. Why, why is it that I find when I had my first major 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 panic attack which i know looking back like 10 years ago i had one but i didn't really acknowledge what it was but i had a really major one like three years ago or two and a half years ago, i don't know some whatever a while ago and it completely destroyed me to the one that i was talking about where i had to go to the hospital and they told me that i was having a panic attack but it was the weirdest thing i was shopping at the grove which, if you don't know if you're in L.A., the Grove is like a Disneyland it really fake. Is. Yeah, it's like a fake little town of shops. I was in a great mood. I had just finished shooting um, my movie Stepsisters in Atlanta. Everything was amazing. And then I started blacking out. I was on the phone with my mom, like, talking about what I should get. And I started blacking up, and all of a sudden, the black started going from the bottom of my eyes all the way to the top. I thought I was going to faint, and I said, Mom, I'm at the Grove. I need you to come here because if something happens to me, I'm not going to be able to talk. My words started slurring. I couldn't speak. I sat down. Um, I ran into really fast into Coffee Bean to get um, like an orangina or something with sugar because I thought, oh, I'm having some sort of sugar rush problem. And I remember that wasn't helping, and then I couldn't breathe. And I said, Mom, I need you to come pick me up immediately. I think I'm going to die. And we rushed to the hospital. And they were like, you had a panic attack. I was like, that's not fucking real. Wow. Like, I had a stroke. I thought I had a stroke. Um, and it, it it's so strange. Is there a reason why it comes when your body is at such a state of relaxation? Because I feel like, we're talking about flying, I was prescribed beta blockers for when I fly just to slow my heart rate if yeah. I'm feeling, like, anxious. And I can't even take them anymore because even if I take a little bit of a beta blocker, it relaxes me to the point where I'm so relaxed that I go into fight or flight mode. Hmm. So why is that, David? <laughs> No, I mean, the beta blocker one is really interesting for me, but um, I don't have an answer for you there. But, but what's the beta blocker general... thing? So, I mean, like, the beta blocker thing is, you know, there are different, there's alpha and beta receptors that bind adrenergic peptides in your body. Like, we won't do a biology lesson, but the idea here is that um, these alpha and beta subunits that you can selectively block um, modulate things like heart rate and blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So the idea behind this is like you could take a blade blocker to like artificially sort of slow down your cardiovascular system uh, because 
the sort of logic here is that um, a lot of people that suffer really, really, really like debilitating panic dis- like packs like panic attacks and get diagnosed with panic disorder mm-hmm. what happens is any sort of like physical exercise or like increase in heart rate will actually trigger them to mm. panic mm. so it's less about the mental and emotional state and more about like your brain's misinterpreting signals from your body about like your heart rate and your blood pressure and like causing you to like enter that flight or fight response and it just like dumps out all these like hormones in your body and like you have no control over it um, and for people like, you know, not like us, but like generally speaking, who like have not like chronic panic attacks, but like get them every once in a while, they're usually rated related to like elevated stress levels. It's like the perfect storm that sort of sets it off for us. Um, but in the research, so like if you look at like animal and human research, um, a reliable way to induce panic in animals is if you just crank the carbon dioxide in the room to like 20%. And it'll cause you to panic. It's wild. So, like, breathing exercises are actually one of the best things. Like, if you're feeling, like, a panic attack or an anxiety attack coming on, um, a lot of it actually has to do with the oxygen-carbon dioxide balance in your body. So just slowing down your breathing and, like, doing breathing exercises will, in some settings, like, actually help reset your internal body to, like breathe normally again and relax yourself and i find myself when i start to feel like really panicky or like out of control that like if i take five minutes and just do like a breathing meditation exercise like i can usually walk myself out of going down that road of panicking yeah but it's like it takes a lot and like it won't work for everybody but like there's this really interesting finding that keeps getting you know reproduced over and over again in the research for like the last 20 years that like carbon dioxide and like lactic acid and like all these like weird things that are going on inside your body can actually change these like thresholds that cause us to panic so it's a a lot of it is really internal so the oxygen comes in through your lungs and then it then gets distributed um out you know through your heart and through your blood is it does it increase i guess like the uh, oxygen in your blood cells Is, is that what it's like doing from a physiological standpoint so like the physiology here is that like your lungs will breathe in oxygen it will bind to your hemoglobin and your red blood cells and get distributed through your body. Um, the actual oxygen content in a room will change how slowly or quickly you breathe. So like, that's why you see people breathe into like brown paper bags. Hmm. Um, like you see it in like movies and like random things all the time, because what it's doing is it's actually concentrating oxygen. So it will change your breathing rhythms. But the interesting thing about carbon dioxide is it doesn't really drive how fast or slow you breathe. So you won't like if you if I put you in a room with 20% oxygen, like you won't start rapidly breathing fast because there's still oxygen in the room. So it's like something that your body can't really sense, Hmm. but is something that can actually change how internally like your heart and your blood pressure are working that can cause a trigger. So you might not like feel out of breath or you're like breathing really fast. But if you were in one of these situations where um, like carbon dioxide goes like really, really up. Um, it might cause you to feel like, uh oh, like I gotta get up and I gotta flee. Like I gotta get out of here. I don't know why. It's like that sort of gut feeling that drives you, but it actually won't change your breathing rate or how you're like consuming oxygen otherwise. So it's like it's just really weird balance that we're trying to figure out where we like study respiration rates and mice and you know, apply drugs and try and figure out if there's any new therapeutic angles that we can go down 
that would be like beneficial other than just giving somebody like a, a clonopin or a Xanax. So David, with the breathing exercise that you do, is there one that you can recommend um, to all of our fellow people out there um, that helped you? I mean, it may not help them, but maybe it'll help one or two people. H- how can we find that kind of tool to work with? So like shameless plug to Headspace, but they have a bunch of really good three, five and 10 minutes like mindfulness breath meditation where like you could put on a set of like you could throw your ear pods in Mm -hmm. and like have somebody walk you through slowing down your breathing and like closing your eyes and focusing on like belly breathing. And I think those are like really helpful for me. So like I know that Headspace, like the one that I abuse all the time is they have like a 10 minute meditation for if you're feeling anxious on a plane mm. and I like throw that on every time I'm in the middle of a flight and like focus on my breathing Wait, in the middle of the flight or before the flight. So like both, I mean, like if I'm feeling anxious before I get on a plane, like I'll try and meditate for like 15, 20 minutes before I get on the flight. But like if out of nowhere, like we hit turbulence and I like start to panic and like my like breath gets really fast. Like I'll throw that on for like 10 minutes and it like actually really does help me calm down. Okay. My fear is the fear of taking off. After that, I'm fine. Really? Oh, are you kidding me? I throw such a fit, I hysterically cry. Now I'm going to stress you out because what's the the statistic, I think, is like if the plane doesn't crash in the first 90 seconds, then you're okay. Yeah, I know that. That's why the first 90 <laughs> seconds freak me out, David. Do you count to 90 in your head? Because I certainly do every time I take off. You count to 90? I'll remember that forever Yeah, because then I'm like, oh, I made it through the threshold. I'm fine. I know. Now I'm going to remember this. Oh, my God. This is the statistician inside of me being like, oh, we made it to 90 seconds. Like, now I don't have to worry anymore. Okay, deep breaths. Okay. Uh, But, yeah, no, I, like, try and calm down before I get on planes, like... I have really bad motion sickness, so I'm not, like, one of those people who can, like, fire away on a MacBook in the middle of a flight. So I just, like, find myself, like, staring out the window. Like, Same. To, I like, have to pop Pepto-Bismol like, trying to breathe. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm throwing up in a paper bag and trying to breathe. <laughs> um, David, uh, thank you so much for being my other half. Thank you, Ross, for being here. I hope... Um, Our little panic attack stories can help you out there. Research some breathing exercises. I'm sure if you just Google all sorts of things for any problem, you can find breathing exercises. Shameless plug, Headspace. We're not sponsored by them, but I know that that's a really good basic app um, that is available to every single person around the world to help out. So thank you so much, guys, for listening to Beauty and the Brain. Emotion. Health. Support.